Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share, she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, down there, sexual and reproductive health, the wise woman way. And abundantly well, seven medicines, the wise woman way. The newest book in the wise woman herbal series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Knees, a Cancer Diagnosis, Adaptogens for Long Life, and Abundantly Well Companion Course, Wise Woman You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine, and welcome, Sarah Ellen. Hi, Susan. How are you this evening? Oh, I am enjoying the weather that has gotten a little milder here. Not so hot and not so rainy. How about where you are? Yes, it feels like 
fall has arrived. It's just like that. It's high 60s, drying out, and really just so pleasant to be outside. Lamas, the feast of the first harvest. Mm-hmm. We were talking today about the eight holidays and how people are, well, at least it's in their ear space about solstices, summer solstice and winter solstice. And then sometimes they've also heard about equinoxes. But fewer people have heard about the cross-quarter days, although they know them as as holidays. They know about May Day. They've heard about May Day, and they've heard about Halloween. And, of course, the ones that aren't so well-known are the Feast of Flames at the beginning of February and the Feast of the First Harvest here at the beginning of August. And those are the cross-quarter days. The solstices and equinoxes mark big pivot points for us inhabiting the surface of the earth as it goes around the sun. And those are especially important when we're hunting and gathering. Mm. We really have to, like, just, you know, be so aware of when that shift is. And I think about how the oldest structures that we found on the planet aren't to house people. Caves did that just fine. The oldest structures are to pinpoint that time of summer solstice or that time of winter solstice. But once we became domesticators and cultivators, then the cross-quarter days became more important. The Feast of the Flame, the real return of the light. I was amazed when I was in the British Isles at that time of the year, the beginning of February, that the daffodils were blooming. It was a Feast of Flames. Mm. It was really the time. Yes, It was really, you know, St. Bridget, right? And even among organized religions, often at the beginning of February there is a holiday that has to do with fire. And this is an important point because what we've harvested, what we've conserved, still has to last for a certain amount of time. Different if we're depending on hunting and gathering. If we depending on our own efforts and what we've put by through our own efforts, then the Feast of Flames um, becomes, as you said, oh, it's really fall. Hmm. That's a signal. It's a limbic signal that your whole body is getting, which says, prepare for colder weather. And if you yeah. go out and watch the plants, yet happening with the plants, you'll see what they're doing to prepare for colder weather starting now. Mm-hmm. We, I have noticed the leaves. No, for most are, people, there's still another month of summer. Maybe, you know, it's summer all the way till equinox. Not quite. Mm. 
Yes, change is in the air. It is definitely change in the air. Change is in the air. Yeah. Although I guess we need to have a word for the new people who neither hunt nor gather nor cultivate nor domesticate but simply buy their food. Different relationship. The holidays, the markings of these timing events become not important. Right, right. Because you're buying it. And so you, you are now need to know when the store is open. <laughs> not, where the sun, not where the sun and the earth and the moon and the plants and the animals are. Because where they are is in the store. Wow, so much, isn't it, when those subtleties are just skipped over for the convenience of a cash register purchase. That's why it's always so exciting when people come here and we make wild salad, because then they can go home and look around them and see some of the greens that we've picked and start putting them in their own salad. I always remind them, you don't have to make a salad 100% wild food. Just add one wild food to your salad. In fact, one of the practices that I've done when I've been on the road and away from my own home-cooked food and nourishing herbal infusions is I start the day by going outside and eating some wild plants. And I believe that that brings me in tune with the place that I'm at and reminds my body of what abundant nourishment is. I think there's also an exaltation to feeding yourself even one leaf from the wild. A kind Mm. of wild joy. That, that we have, all right, that look what I did, oh my gosh, right, I've just, you know, really fulfilled that which is given to me, the right to have good food from the earth, without effort, except mm-hmm. perhaps, bed, uh, perhaps bending over. Yeah, and it's just automatic to smile when enjoying wild foods and just bending over and putting it into my mouth. It just makes me smile. It lights me up. It truly does. And everyone can start with dandelion because everyone recognizes dandelion. And it's a lot mm-hmm. of fun to pull a dandelion flower apart and eat the yellow little pieces of it. Yes. Yes. Are you there with green goddesses right now? We are here with Green Goddesses and White Feather with the Seven Directions Movement Meditation and Seneca Chants and Dances and the Rainbow Path of Peace. So many exciting things. And then Azette and the Green Goddesses got started with their personal power shields today. Oh, marvelous. Yeah, they're they're doing a lot of the of, of their work this year at is at studio because Yvette now lives just down the road from me, and has a beautiful studio, so she's invited them all to come over there, 
you know, with a little wink, to, then I don't have to haul all the supplies over there. Right? So mm-hmm. it makes it easier all around and gives them that wonderful, you know, just that sense of, wow, look at this woman who has this big studio to create her art in. Right, there's a, a back room where she does her pottery and a, a big storage area for her art, and she has a printing, um, um, a, a press to make prints. Really nice big studio. It's a wonderful place to be. Hmm. She even has a little nook where she has sewing machines. She specializes in own sewing machines that actually run. Wow, with the pedal? Mm-hmm. Oh, fun. There's a, a kind of interesting civic thing that's done in at least towns in this part of New York State. I don't know how extensive this is, but the town will pick an object and then stores will underwrite artists to do this object in their own unique way. So in the town that I live in, for instance, once the object was a small-scale carousel horse. Hmm. And like 20 or 30 businesses get artists to make a carousel horse, which is put in front of their place of business, right? Mm-hmm. And stays there for the year. And then another year we had, oh, with the Socrates Lighthouses, very well known, so we had lighthouses. Well, this year we had a butterflies, a vet who's doing the power shields with the green goddesses, was hired to do a butterfly, and she created a fairy to be the companion of her butterfly. It's quite lovely. And she sewed the fairy costume. And it was lovely walking, because we're walking partners, right? It was lovely walking together. And she said, oh, the fairy made me go out and get this kind of of material for her skirt. She didn't like any of the material I bought. Oh, so magical. I love the co-creativeness. So beautiful. Love this. Speaking of co-creativeness, we have a guest tonight who, from her earliest memories, wanted to be a veterinarian. And she went to school as a veterinarian and, you know, didn't really think twice about all the pharmaceuticals until she started using organic food and alternative medicine for herself and her family, and that kind of went boing in her mind. And she thought, gee, if it works for us, I wonder if it will work for the animals. And I always remember Juliette Berkeley Levy being asked by people, what are you going to write an herbal for people? And her replying to them, you can use anything I've written about animals for people. (laughs) So in most cases, yes, it's a very easy and direct transfer. There's a few odd things, like cats really do not like tinctures. But almost any animal will tolerate a tincture if it's put in yogurt or milk. So we're going to be talking with Dr. Lori Doman about what she does now and how she became a veterinary. 
herbalist. Come back at 9 o'clock or stay with us until 9 o'clock out here on the East Coast time. And you'll get to hear everything Lori has to say about herbs and animals. Nice. Looking forward to this. I have so many animals, so I'm looking forward to hearing Dr. Doman for sure. Do we have anybody with questions? Yes. Uh, we have three listeners that have already pressed one to signal that they have a question and would like to speak live on the air with you. And I will remind everyone, please do press one if you have a question and would like to speak with Susan this evening. Our first caller is calling from the 713 area code. From the 713, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. How are you? Wonderful. And you? I'm good. This is Ashley Allen. I just signed up not too long ago for your ABCs of Herbalism, and I'm loving it. (laughs) Well, thank you. I said Ashley Allen. I just wrote to Ashley Allen. That's a familiar name. I know. I just got a letter yesterday, and I thought, oh, this is so fun. (laughs) The letter, the Susan Reed in the mail. I feel famous. (laughs) Right? It's a lot of fun to get mail, huh? It's so wonderful, and I love the card that had frogs on it. It was so cool. So, yeah. Um, but I was thinking maybe I would just call in and ask you this evening um, about plantain because um, that is my herbal ally. So that's exciting, and um, I was considering putting it in um, witch hazel, and I was curious if you have ever used it as, uh, like, infusing witch hazel with plantain, and uh, what do you think the best application of it might be? And, yeah, just to get your input on it, and I also was curious about, um, I know... Uh, I used to have the Encyclopedia of um, Herbal Plant Magic, I believe it was called, and I feel like plants have by different... Scott, I think by Scott Cunningham? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I gifted it away, so I can't look it up, but I was curious about, you know, like the energetics of plantain and um, from a spiritual use um perspective what uh how would you use plantain spiritually when i have questions like that what i do is i ask the plant and Mm. not even so much like how do i use you spiritually because if we envision ourselves asking the plant that we can see that's kind of a rude question (laughs) um right like would you ask a person that (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, right, how can I use you spiritually? Like, whoa, you know. So um, <laughs> I often say that the biggest disease on this planet is the belief that matter and spirit are separate. Mm-hmm. Because they aren't. Mm. Okay. 
And when I said to Plantain, hey, how would you like me to characterize you to people? Plantain said to me, I am a Quaker lady. I want peace. I am going to grow where you walk so there will always be help available to you. Plantain is one of the first plants that children learn. And they learn that the earth is there to help them, right? Mm-hmm. With the Band-Aid plant. And what a beautiful gift to grow up knowing that it's given to you to receive food and medicine, good food and good medicine from the earth. Mm. How few of us nowadays grow up knowing that. Mm. And it's so easy to change that. Mm. I often teasingly say that, uh, recount the afternoon when my daughter came home and said that one of her friends had, they'd been out riding bikes and one of her friends had fallen off her bike and she looked at me with her eyes very wide and she said, and it was hard for me to believe, She said, but she didn't even know to put plantain on it. Hmm. And I just laughed, Hmm. you know, that it was, you know, to her at that age and that time, it was so obvious that what you did was put plantain on it. Hmm. And to her astonishment that uh, someone her age didn't know that. Hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I'm just going to have to sit with it more. <laughs> and But it's um, I have noticed it, it grows. Uh, I live in an apartment, and it's the bottom half of a house, and I have a tiny yard, but it's, the whole yard is pretty much plantain. And so I feel like it's a peaceful barrier around me because I'm kind of in a chaotic area <laughs> so yes good, that's um, beautiful input. Uh, yeah yeah and it's just it's funny because I kept looking around you know well what's my herb what's my herb and it and then it just one day hit me and I said it's everywhere how could it not be my herb it's like screaming at me so <laughs> um yeah so it's yeah. wonderful once, um, one summer I decided, oh, plantain, you know, I don't need to talk about plantain. Everybody knows about plantain. It's too obvious. I'll just talk about the other plants. And I have with a group of people. We're actually, I think, in Toronto. And, you know, we've been out, I don't know, maybe half an hour. And suddenly a wasp comes and stings me. And I'm saying, oh, ow, 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 I need some plantain, Right. We get some plantain. Since we're by the plantain, I talk about plantain. Okay. A week later, I'm with a different group in a different place. And we're out, and this time it's within like 15 or 20 minutes. And a bee comes and stings me right in the end of my toe, and I go, oh, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> and scrape the sting around and say, I need some plantain. And while we're there, I talk about it, and it dawns on me. So for the rest of the year, the first plant. On every walk, it's plantain because it's a 
believe me, it's on everyone, and I don't get stung again. So maybe I was right, maybe I was wrong, but at least I didn't get stung. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry you got stung. <laughs> um. <laughs> My own fault. <laughs> um, I is it okay if I ask another question that's more about um what's uh going on with my personal health? Do you have time for that? It, Sarah Ellen, you said there were only three people. Has that increased a lot or are we still there? Um, there are four callers that have pressed one at this time. So we do still have time for that. I also want to remind you that as part of your correspondence course, you have private talk time with me. Okay. And yes. you can attend the Zoom meetings, which are held every other Wednesday. This Wednesday is one of them. So you have a lot of access to me, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. this show is primarily for people who don't have those accesses. Okay. So while, yes, you couldn't ask me anything here on this show, because there's several callers waiting, maybe we should use it during our more private time together. Does that work for you? That is fine, yeah. Good. I look forward to it, Ashley. All right. Thank you so much, Susan. Green blessings. Good night. Green blessings. Good night. All right, and our next caller is calling from the 917 area code. From the 917, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. How are you tonight? Well, and you? I'm very good. Happy Lamas. Thank you. It's actually one of my favorite holidays, although this year's slightly tinged with sorrow. You know, it has been such a year for fruit. All of the fruit trees are just loaded with fruit. And a beautiful peach tree. I was looking at it last week and saying, look at that. It's cleared, you know, the top of the house. It's so tall and so beautiful. It's split right into, I don't know, there's hundreds of peaches on the piece that fell off. They're just laying there. Sorry to hear that. yeah, me too. Too big, too heavy to even prop back up. I wish I had noticed. I could have propped it perhaps before it fell. But at this point, at least the deer are not eating the peaches. So I'm hoping, you know, this strip of bark connected. Maybe they'll ripen up just sitting there. Who mm-hmm. knows? It will be an experiment in peachery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I was wondering. Maybe it'll still, Maybe they'll still ripen up. Maybe. Maybe. So what's up with you tonight? Um, well, I... I'm developing shingles, I believe. Um, so I have a prescription. I started experiencing symptoms uh, yesterday, um, just like a pain underneath from my back shoulder over kind of underneath my pectoral um, muscle. Um, so I've been um, using tincture, the tincture of St. John's for it that I've made with fresh flowers and vodka um, and putting AJ's oil on it um, pretty liberally. And I just wanted to see if there was, I've been drinking more oat straw and linden infusion, and I wondered if there was anything else that you might consider would that could support me during this. I thought a really 
excellent things to do, and many people have found um, really good relief uh, with nothing more than that. The only other thing, uh, of course, would be to um, see to it that you have a diet that is adequate in cooked food mm-hmm. and that has adequate amounts of the animal foods. Okay, great. I do uh, eat every, yeah, I eat all animals and well-cooked cook my greens for an hour and, you know, everything like that. Yeah. Yeah, so I think you're doing fine. It's Mm -hmm. so distressing to feel Mm -hmm. jungles coming on. Yeah. And when did you say that started? It just started, like, um, maybe yesterday or I think yesterday. Uh And and what's happening today? Um, The pain is actually a little bit less today um i think then, because then it's definitely being effective because in the normal course of events within 24 hours you would be in excruciating pain okay okay great so i guess i do have a 14 month old who like i you know don't want to expose to this exactly i don't know i guess i thought that was the right thing do you have a, um, a perspective on that Well, we know that chicken pox is contagious. We know that herpes is contagious. Mm-hmm. But I have never heard anybody say that shingles is contagious. Okay, I guess I assumed that's, you know, the old saying, but that because it's, you know, everybody... Do you, have broken, do you have broken skin? I actually, at this point, don't. I was starting to develop some blistering, but it's not, uh, it hasn't progressed. So oh, I don't... the hypericum is definitely working because, again... Once the blistering starts, it can progress within a matter of minutes. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, good. So, yeah. I, guess so I can't really, really tell you, you know, if your child is in danger of contracting <laughs> shingles. Okay, shingles and... As I said, I would, I would think that if it was, I would have heard it, but certainly it's three sisters are, so it wouldn't be inconceivable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, good. Um, on the I other hand, you, you can't get herpes from somebody breathing on you, right? Right. Yeah, I've just been keeping it covered and washing my hands a lot. So. I think that's a good idea. Okay, well, that sounds good. Um, I think those were the... That was and the especially, especially if there's no broken skin, I don't think you even have to keep it covered. Oh, okay, cool. All right, well, thank yeah. you very much for your support, Susan. I really appreciate the work that you do. Green I'm so glad you called. All right. Thank you. Good night. Good night. All right. And we have three callers that have pressed one to signal that they have a question. I'll remind everyone, if you have a question for Susan this evening, please press one so that I can see your hand raised in the queue. Our next caller is calling from the 847 area code. From the 847, you are live with Susan. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Hi, Susan. This is Stephanie calling. Um, I was at the Green Goddess last year, so I'm kind of reminiscing about that whole experience. Oh, (laughs) Um, how wonderful. Thanks for calling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Go ahead. So, Susan, are you still there? Oh. I'm right here, yeah. So what were you remembering? Well, um, I mean, it's just so my contrast kind of to myself, I guess that was one of the things is like that I made this, this, um, you know, contract with myself to spend time having some fun with my children and husband um, twice a week. And I think that I did that. I'm pretty sure I did. There might have been like one or two weeks where I slacked a little bit, but I, I think I did that and it feels good to have kept that contract for the Good most part for you. with myself. Congratulations. Um, hey, I applaud you. Yeah, yeah. And and just like being connected to, to all the women that were in it. We're still we still kind of have Zoom meetings. I haven't been to them but I'm still connected in the text world and that's like a really beautiful thing to be connected to all the sisters that were there at that it point. Is, as isn't well. it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah, um, yeah. I was talking today about how important it is and what a deep nourishment it is for women to engage in rituals that they know that other women have engaged in before them and will continue to engage in after them. And yes. I think that's part of that reminiscing. It's like you you know that incredible talking stick that we're using. Yeah. It's like the, the rituals, simple as they were, that we shared together live on in you even without your having to specifically, you know, furrow your brow and call them up into memory. It's like they they live on as resonance, songs, as special ways of being, and they live on because you know they're continuing. Yes, yes, it's so beautiful. And, and some of them, like, even sent letters in the mail, and it's, it's really beautiful to be connected and yeah, in that. It feels like a spiritual connection during that whole what at the end when we all sang together with our beautiful mandala shields. That was like amazing. It's like that continual feeling has been happening, you know, for a year. Yes. Um, ah. <laughs> yeah, so I was reminiscing about that. But I was also calling because I've heard you talk about this idea of people that have allergies having this like being allergic to life because um, I just seem to have developed yep. recently some kind of allergy. I'm pretty sure it's an allergy. I'm not 100% sure. I'm still doing research with my own body and figuring out, but it seems like it might be actually like mushrooms that I'm allergic to, which I was very sad about. I feel like 80% sure that that could be it. Um, and maybe shellfish well, also. Let's stop for a minute because mushrooms is such a huge category. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it does us better to not cast such a wide net. So an allergic reaction, an actual allergic reaction is generally a life-threatening reaction. If someone is allergic to peanuts, they go into anaphylactic shock. If someone is allergic to wasp stings, we now know no one is allergic to a bee sting. It's wasp sting that they're allergic to. They go into anaphylactic shock. Getting an upset stomach is not an allergy. Right. 
the, so what happens when you eat mushrooms and what kind of mushrooms? Well, it it seems to have been, and it could also be fish, because I, well, okay, I feel like it's mushrooms because one of the meals, a couple of the meals, I didn't eat fish, but I had mushrooms in all of the meals that this happened, so it's like I get this really red rash, like, I guess it's kind of like hives on my neck and, like, upper chest, um, and then it gets tight, you know, but I've taken osher root um, tincture or even taking like Benadryl at one point because it was just so tight it just I mean it wasn't tight like where I wasn't going to breathe but I could feel it getting tighter and the rash is like really red and really itchy and like just red color and feels and like red what, in my body. And what kind of mushrooms? Did you say what kind of mushrooms they were? Um, so there, one of the times it was chanterelles, another time it was oyster and another time it was shiitake. So all three times that you had these different mushrooms, the same thing happened. Yes. It would certainly put me off eating anything that looked like a mushroom. Yeah, that's where I'm at now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However, I think that it might be better, and it's completely up to you, to think about it as being my body is for some reason being very reactive to mushrooms right now mm-hmm. my teachers were really clear with me that it behooves us not to dig ourselves into holes and that if we tell ourselves that we're allergic to something that our bodies will tend to cooperate by creating that. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a more temporary sense of right now my body is reacting to mushrooms and I am going to be best served if I avoid them. Does anybody know what actually causes that kind of reaction? Well, in general terms, we can say, oh, that's a histamine reaction, and your body has decided that that substance, for some reason, is not healthy for it, and it's going to produce a lot of histamine and, and supposedly protect you. Uh, but as we've just established, it could actually kill you by doing that. But other than that, the medical profession does not have any cure or much of any idea about what's happening or why it's happening. Right, right. But there are some very strong food sensitivities in which we do know For instance, we know that there's a certain kind of tick, the Lone Star tick, and that if it bites you and infects you with a certain organism, that um, it becomes impossible for you to eat red meat. Oh, okay. (laughs) So there are specific um, food reactions that can be caused by specific triggers, but we are very, very much 
in a state of not understanding that very well at all. Yeah. And I and I say this because one would think, oh well, maybe I can go to a doctor, and a doctor would have, you know, something useful to say or some useful treatment, or know, you know, what's causing the allergy, and that has not been my experience. That doctors are perfectly willing to test you and tell you that you are allergic to things, and then simply tell you to avoid those. Things. Right, yeah, yeah. Right? Which, hi, you can do without paying somebody to tell you to do it. Right. And I hear you. You're very sad about this. I would be too. Yeah, I mean, I really just started putting a lot of mushrooms into my diet since, you know, kind of the beginning of COVID. I kind of, like, embraced them in a lot of meals. Um, and I'm just kind of starting to have this for the last couple of months. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's not impossible for you to have that kind of reaction to a variety of things. Right. So it... Was it a particular kind of fish, or was it several different kinds of fish? Yeah, it was different. It was like one was like a lake trout, and then another time it was like sushi, which had raw fish. Um. And it was the same kind of reddening and tightness in your chest. Yeah, but I did eat mushrooms when I ate that fish, too. I mean, I went to a, a restaurant that I had like this, these mushrooms on red meat, but they eat, cook a lot of fish in that kitchen. So I was like, maybe it's because cross-contamination or it's the mushrooms. It's it's hard for me to tell. <laughs> it is hard for anyone to tell. Yeah, yeah. It really is. It's not just you. It's not that you're defective or can't get it. It's very hard for anyone to tell what anyone else even themselves, is reacting to. And that's also partly because the reaction is not always instantaneous. Right, it's not. Yeah, it takes, it comes like a few hours later. Like usually I go to bed and then I wake up in the middle of the night with this red, itchy rash and then like really discomfort and I can't sleep for like 24 hours. And you said you were taking OSHA. That helps. Yeah, I mean, it was like the first time or two I didn't really take enough, I don't think. And then the third time I, like, had it right by my bedside and was ready. Mm. And it it, it did, yeah, help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it it lasted not as long, not as many days, and it wasn't as severe when I was taking OSHA, like, all day. Ah, good. And one of the things you found important is that you take the OSHA right away. Yes, yes. Literally within minutes of first feeling the symptoms. Yeah, yeah, right away, yes. Right away. I have found that to be true as well. 
that it is very very effective and more quickly effective um, at the very beginning of something. Yeah. Not that it yeah, won't. Not that it won't work later on, but it's really, like, you know, going to give its best um, if, if you give it space. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, there's you know, a lot, I... a lot of general discussion, especially in the alternative community, about what causes allergies, and the ideas range from electromagnetic frequencies, um, which, let's face it, none of us are really going to do very much about, right? Yeah. You're not going to yeah. go off. They live someplace where there's no electricity. So we are living with electricity and television waves and so on. And for for some people, um, you know, meditating um, can be useful. Um, Other people think, oh, it's leaky gut, you know, and it's leaky gut because of the roundup that's on your food or it's genetically modified organisms or it's the way food is manufactured. Um, There's a, a lot of... People out there, you know, supposedly saying, oh, you know, you won't have allergies if you don't eat gluten. You won't have allergies if you don't drink milk. You won't have allergies if you don't. don't." And it seems to me that human beings become very quickly paranoid about food. I think it's a survival mechanism for us. So we have to take active steps to ourselves from becoming food phobic. And one of the ways to do that is the way we're talking about it, is to saying right now my body is reacting to mushrooms and seems to be reacting to a bunch of different kinds of mushrooms. So I'm just going to leave mushrooms to the side for a while and I'm going to give myself and choose a time limit. I'm going to give myself six months. I'm going to give myself nine months. I'm going to give myself a year, whatever. Right. And not have mushrooms in my diet during that time and see if I can then reintroduce them and they'll work for me. I like that. Yeah, that's that sounds nice. Um, do you think it would be inappropriate if I I have some in my fridge still and my everybody in the family likes to eat them. You know, like do you think it's would be okay? like I feel good about cooking Go them ahead. for other people you, but but you know you get yeah. That reaction. yeah. If you, then you're yeah. going to say, okay, yeah. we got it. We know yeah. it's for sure. It's the mushrooms. Right, right, okay. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah, that seems like a good idea. What kind of mushrooms do you have in the fridge? Um, well, I have What kind of mushrooms do you have in the refrigerator? Uh, we have shiitake. Yeah, all of these yeah, mushrooms that you're talking about. Um, I, of course, because you're talking about, you know, except for the shiitake pretty much mushrooms, I, of course, were thinking, oh, these are mushrooms that you harvested yourself. But actually, you got them from the store, right? Well, the first one's actually, I was at Linda's um, place uh-huh. in the Conroy's, and she yes. had a, a, a couple of people that harvest mushrooms and call her when they have an abundance of mushrooms. So they had harvested and she cooked it at lunch. Um, okay. All right. So it was actually a... 
foraged mushroom. Okay. Because sometimes yeah. store-bought mushrooms can be sprayed with pesticides. Yeah, and as you're talking, they're grown on logs. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So does that give you some place to go, and will you give us a call back in a month or so? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you very much, Susan. You are welcome. Green blessings. Green blessings. Bye. Okay, our next caller that has pressed 1 to signal that they have a question is calling from the 205 area code. From the 205, you are live with Susan. Hello, sweet Susan. It's Parker. Um, Hello. Parker, oh, how wonderful to hear from you. Where are you? How are you? When are you? Yes, well, all these questions... I feel are asked <laughs> at all kinds of times of and <laughs> movements of the universe. It feels very. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I've kind of gone into really a space of of magic, and I feel it's really potent in my life. Um, <laughs> and I really, I, I uh, last night, I um, I sent a dream request because <laughs> I said. Uh, Susan, I will call tomorrow. Uh, just a heads up. <laughs> so, yes. Hello. Um, yes. Yes. Well, so I've been living in Portugal, and uh, at the moment I had sort of an emergency uh, call to Alabama <clears throat> for a family uh, issue uh, relating to my, my brother. And when I left, for Portugal, or uh, from from Portugal to Alabama, I started feeling really kind of off. Uh, so I I made <laughs> uh, <laughs> an echinacea, uh, echinacea tincture, and let that sit for a year. So it was like perfect timing. So I started taking it, and I took it with me on the plane. Um, but I, I started noticing some days before I started flying, I was sweating a lot, and really sweating like through the sheets and soaking them with a lot of water, and I was kind of like, okay, I don't really know what's happening, because I could move, I could run, and so anyhow, I <clears throat> kind of danced and <laughs> sang myself uh, through the <laughs> airports and into Alabama, and um, yeah, just like the symptoms of whatever was happening in my body became more and more severe. I had <clears throat> well, significantly um, a fever that... that was up to 104 uh, degrees and that was a bit alarming but I was like okay let's let's work with this but I was also working with you know this state so I didn't have all of my herbal remedies with me but um, I did what I could do and um, uh, yes and then I noticed actually my friend who was a bit um, desperate she gave me ibuprofen and I was like, okay, I'll try it. And it broke the fever, but it made me feel so awful that I was like, I, was, I don't want this <laughs> in my body. I would rather <laughs> have the fever than go through that again. And, um, but anyhow, so I went to the doctor because I, <laughs> I, I didn't really want to go. But uh, 
um, anyhow, I went to the doctor, and it uh, turned out to be pneumonia in the lung. And, um, yeah, so they, uh, when I was there, I was kind of, you know, in this state because I was quite, I was very, very tired, and um, I was just kind of allowing for whatever <laughs> help that uh, these, these creatures could offer. And um, so they gave me um, antibiotics. And uh, it was quite intense, and I took them all, and now I'm feeling a bit strange. It's been about a week, but, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm kind of at a loss because I'm still, um, uh, yes, I'm a bit at a, at a loss because I feel some of it is actually a bit of my own um, psychosomatic fatigue. I feel it's also, um, of course, a, something happening with bacteria, because it, it was a bacterial pneumonia. Um, yeah, and so... I, I think it's a magical initiation. Wow. <laughs> okay, see, I'm feeling that too, and everyone around me is like, you have to do this, and it's this, and I'm like, really, like, you don't know what's being communicated. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's another thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, <laughs> you needed to go near... To death's door. Yeah. Because there's certain things that can only be said there. Oh. Well, and that's what's so. When I sweat, it's, just, it's the most curious thing because I start smelling scents of my mother, and you know she's on the other side, and and also the smells of my grandma, uh, my grandmother, and smells that also are like apples and. Other kinds. It's very curious to me, and so I really feel that. Thank you. Each night at the Green Goddess Week, we have a dream assignment, and the dream assignment last night was to dream of an ancestor. (laughs) Thank you for participating, Parker. (laughs) You know, it's amazing because throughout all of the, the journey that you've been through that from a distance I've been following with my heart I, I feel like we've totally been right beside each other and it's such a gift Susan from I think now it's six years of, of walking with each other I'm so honored that we crossed paths in our lives <laughs> so thank you thank you thank you thank you so much for trusting me enough to come up and and ask me if you could have an apprentice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. That was a very big leap of faith, and I honor you for it. <sighs> wow, that really touches a very deep part of my heart. <sighs> well, I love you, and I keep singing your songs. <laughs> In my heart. And Marie's songs. But before you go, I want to know. Yes. Are you in a place where you can drink some mullein infusion to help your lungs? They've just been through a lot. Yeah, yeah. So are you, yeah, are you in a place where you can, I'm seeing you for some reason in a sauna. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Because pneumonia, of course, is water on your lungs. 
Mm. So you're sweating, right? You're talking about the sweating. And it's like there's a a fluid movement um, that can come about in the sauna that is part of this initiation. Mm. And will be like the finishing touch to it in a way. Wow. So really take, take good care of your lungs, get some mullein in there. If you can yeah. find a way to be in a sauna or even a sweat lodge if you're still in Alabama, that could be a possibility. I know it's not in Portugal, but <laughs> might, wow. might be in Alabama. It's amazing because just last night... And is everything, yeah. is everything okay sauna. with your brother? Well, this is the thing, actually, because he's really going through a very deep... Um, just, I don't know how to describe it because I feel when I say mental health issues, I feel it's such a flat kind of, you know, like clinical term because when I see him, there's so much more happening. But it's, no, he's really like, it feels like he's a lost spirit in his body. You know, and it, and it's, yeah, and it's really like, yeah. Because being around him in his field and, and <clears throat> because I was kind of pushing through this because I was like, I'm here to be with him um, just by, by really listening and, and everything that I, I've sort of picked up with um, just living. Uh, yeah, but it's, I think it's a slow, slow process because <laughs> actually it was interesting because one of the people from uh, the city here they were like, we really need someone, like a medicine person to come or a healer or something to happen. And then <laughs> I just find it very curious that you say this is a magical initiation. Um, just to sort of see what, what energy can be moved. Because at this point I'm a bit, I'm a bit lost, actually, with it. <clears throat> You know, I think it was Daniel Boone who said, you can't be lost if you don't have any place to be. (laughs) Wow. So if you offer yourself up for whatever needs to happen, to happen through your agency, then you don't have to feel lost. Mm. Because it oh. will simply happen. Mm. And as you know, and I will remind you, that at the point at which it happens, you always have the right to say no and step out of that magical field and have it not happen. Right. Hmm. Hmm. Do you only want to do that because you truly don't want it, not because you're afraid? Because mm. fear comes with fear comes with that power, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to need to to stand there in that fear and allow that. Wow. 
because the place that your brother is is a scary place. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I just gained a lot of just like this beautiful uh, clarity and I feel I will <laughs> take some time to plant plant these seeds yes yeah, you'll know <laughs> thank you gosh <laughs> this is it's funny to me because this is how you talk to me in my dreams, it's like this like instant uh, contact, and it's like I kind of forget, but it's like it just it goes into my bones, <laughs> and so it's it's really very pleasant to actually have it in this sort of more um, embodied way. Uh, so I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. <clears throat> I love you lots, Parker. <laughs> I love you too, and enjoy this beautiful season. And the fall is coming. The fall is coming. Great yeah. blessings are Blessings well. to you. Yeah, it's amazing. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Our next caller is calling from the 917 area code. From the 917, you are live with Susan. Hello, Susan. This is Nina calling from Brooklyn, New York. Thanks for taking my call. Hi. How's everything down in Brooklyn? Brooklyn's beautiful, as always. And I have a question for you. I have a question for you. My sister has an upcoming MRI, and her doctor wants her to have contrast, and she's very sensitive and to most medicines and has had an MRI with contrast before and felt ill and dizzy afterwards. Um, if she does have to do it again with contrast, do you recommend any herbs beforehand that would prepare her or after to detox? The contrast dyes stay in your body forever. There's no way to get them out. Okay. And so could they possibly... This- And the point of the matter here is that um, if soft tissue needs to be imaged, it can't be imaged without the contrast dye. So it's pointless to have the scan without the dye. I see. If what you want is an image of soft tissue. Um, Yes. Uh, A couple years ago she had... uh a dermoid cyst on the brain they had to remove it and she's had she the doctor wants yearly tests to make sure nothing comes back last year everything was clean and looked great um so i guess that's a soft tissue her brain is soft tissue however given what you've said there's no real reason for her to have this scan now is there agreed the doctor wants the scan. 
Um, yes, uh, he said, you know, yearly scans after surgery. The doctor last... wants the scan. Correct. She doesn't Correct. have to. She does not have to agree. Okay. And I think that's and... the most important right here. I yes. think this whole die thing is just her way of saying that she doesn't want to do it, but she doesn't quite know how to do that. And so what I suggest, because doctors get very fractious when you say no to their thing. You know, yeah, they get very, they get all very upset about it. So rather yes. than saying no, I mm-hmm. find a good way is to say to the doctor, you know, I got such good results last year. I think I'd like to let another year pass before we do a checkup. Okay, we could try that. And would you say that your sister's fairly sensitive to what's going on in her body? Very sensitive. I would, too, given what you've told me about her. Yes. So how did she know there was a dermoid cyst in her brain? Well, um, the issue started many years before. Um, She was starting to overheat and couldn't tolerate being outside in the sun. And one day I noticed uh, it was summertime. We were in the subway waiting everyone's sweating and she's red as can be and just I'm fanning her to keep cool but she's not sweating so she told her doctor I'm not sweating her doctor said it's either a skin issue or a nerve issue finally she sent her to an awesome dermatologist he um, said that it was probably something and wanted a scan of her neck and brain and then they found it um, so she noticed other, symptoms. Yeah. Do you think then that she would notice symptoms if it came back? I believe so. Then I don't think she needs a scan at all. Okay. I agree. It's and... entirely to her. But if she's concerned about the contrast dye, then right. the best thing to do is not to do the scan. Right. And can they do it with just saline, or that's not effective to see anything? No, they No, it won't show up on the, on the scan. If you're going to do the scan, then you do the dye. Okay. And would you recommend any herbs to help maybe sweat and detox so she... Sweating does not detox. The contrast dyes stay in your body forever. You cannot detox them. I'm sorry. I guess you didn't hear me when I said that before. No, no, I understand. I'm saying in general now. um, There is no such thing as detox. It's simply an absurdity. Okay. Are you pretending that you don't have a liver or that you don't have kidneys? (laughs) You're living your kidneys. Get rid of what needs to be gotten rid of. It is not in your sweat. There are no toxins of any kind in human sweat. Okay. And sweating you can lose minerals. Mean. You lose bone mass by sweating. Uh-huh. That's why people can die of heat stroke. Uh-huh. Because they lose so many minerals from sweating. But there are no... The whole idea of detoxification is a war-like idea. Okay. And it causes us to make war on ourselves. 
Make your liver strong. Make your kidneys strong. Drink your nourishing herbal infusions. Eat adequate amounts of good food. That's all you need to do. You do not, under circumstances, no matter what you've done, need to detox. Okay. And currently she still doesn't sweat. Do you know any um, herbs that maybe would help sweat? Burdock. Burdock, okay, like burdock root burdock. tea. You could try burdock root tea or tincture, or even eating the burdock root. Okay. All right. All right. I I appreciate and thank you so much. You are welcome. Green blessings. Thanks for your call. Good night. Thank you. Be well. All right, at this time we have one caller who has their hand raised, and they are calling from the 860 area code. From the 860, you are live with Susan. Hello, is this Susan? This is. Can you hear me? Hi. Oh, hi. Yes, I hear you very well. This is Jazdeep. I don't Uh, know if you remember me. Jazdeep? Oh, yes, of course I do. How delightful to hear from you. Well, you sound wonderful, and I'm so fond of watching how you're healing and progressing and changing and developing and expanding after everything that's happened in the recent few years. But I want to talk about magic. Thank you. I'm really blown away. First of all, there was a sunset here that lit up the sky, bright red, maybe the same, because I'm not far from you. I'm in Connecticut. And um, I listened to the caller two callers ago, um, and I thought his, her name was Corker. So I'm listening to sort of accents that I couldn't place, Corker, and she had so many lovely things to say about magic, that, you know, just recently. And funny that I have been caretaking in a, you know, peripheral way for my 88-year-old mom who's kind of getting very frail and, you know... Did, well, let me you know, just stop you for a second. Let me just stop you yeah. for one moment and let you know that his name is Parker. Yes, yes. And you'll know why I know that in a moment. So. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> Thank you for the pronoun. Sounded like you were going on to a different theme. I'm kind of an older uh, lady. Who, who The pronoun um, issue I have to learn from my daughters. They're teaching me and mentoring me. But I'm so excited right now because Parker um, had mentioned about the magic and the ancestors, and I didn't connect it. But prior to that call, just moments, like three minutes before, I was – out on my little farm, kind of tucking it in for the night. And suddenly this knowing came from my own grandmother, my Norwegian grandmother, telling me regarding my mother, who I'm not full-time caretaking for, but she's becoming very frail. And, you know, I think she's an independent, strong woman, but her body is becoming very frail. And that grandmother... Her mother came to me in, my, in the way they do, in that magical way they do, and said, take care of my baby. And 
I got it. It was like a whole nother way of being able to do this for as long as need as is needed came. And then when Parker, who I didn't get the name of, it was obscure to me. And the accent is different from what I know, but I was in Parker's apprenticeship seven years ago. Hi, Parker. Oh my gosh. And the Alabama connection when I, it didn't connect until actually um, I just, you know, got connected of Alabama, that's Parker, not Corker. I thought it was Corker. Right. Corker. Right. Uh-huh. So, so I just want to say, yes, the magic is completely abounding and, and serving uh, what's needed. And I just uh, am so grateful for this community. And I don't know if anyone out there understood a word I said, because I'm sure it's quite incoherent, but it makes complete sense to me. It has changed my trajectory of taking care of my mom in her way that she'll need going forward. Because I heard my own grandmother say, take care of my baby. That's her. That My mother was her baby. And as a, you know, mother myself, I understand how, yes, you just do it, you know? Thank you for listening. That is so beautiful. And being thank there. you so much for sharing that with us. And thank you for reminding me that you were in Parker's group. It's yes, hard for me to remember. Tayana, Who's Tayana here was with? there, too. Who else? We were a very small but, little group. Yeah. One you, last You, you all like, were an amazing um, well, it changed our lives, I, and I'll speak for myself. It changed my life, and I know I'm still in touch. But one thing, would you just speak for some seconds about Lamas, this this uh, transition that we're in right now? The fields need to be harvested. The grains mm. need to be brought in, the grasses need to be made into hay. I was out with the goats today, and the lawn was cut this past weekend. And it was a little high, and we had to go out and rake it up. And so basically, what we were making hay, right? We were raking up clipped grass. Yeah, it's like hay. It's just longer pieces of clipped grass. And mm-hmm. I brought the goats. The goats and I were hanging around near where we had raked it up and we had put it we're creating a garden bed so we're letting it compost and the goats were frantic to get at it they're in the middle of this field of grass and they don't want the grass they want the hay (laughs) and it was on the other side of the fence for them I finally had to go around and toss it over the fence to them but that's what they wanted to eat they wanted to eat the partly dried clippings not the fresh Grass, and that's what Lamas is about. It's about the harvest of the grasses. It's also about the harvest of the fruits. The grapes are ready to be pressed into wine. The olives are ready to be pressed into oil. The first harvests are coming our way. Are we ready for it? It's not an easy thing to have an abundant harvest. You have to work a lot. Wow. That image of the goats going after the, you know, shorn grasses instead of the green says it all. It's, they, they are the great teachers. Thank you, Susan. Very well done.
I love you, Justy. Thanks for your call. I love you Thanks too. for sharing. I'll be back. About the incident. I'll be back soon. Mm. All right, good. Bye-bye. Want to see you. Bye. <laughs> kiss, kiss. All right. At this time, we do not have anyone who has pressed one uh, to signal that they have a question. I will remind everyone listening, if you have a question for Susan, please do press one so that I see your hand raised, and we'll put you through so that you can ask your question. Uh, Susan, would you like an email question? or? That sounds good. I want to remind people you don't have to be a past apprentice to ask questions because that's what it sounds like tonight, doesn't it? <laughs> Oh, it is. It comes so nice. All right. Yes, email here. would be perfect. Okay. Uh, I have heard you discuss yarrow and catnip for use as an insect repellent. I love the yarrow tincture that I prepare with fresh herbs but I do not have enough fresh to make all that I would need for medicine and insect repellent. What are your thoughts about using dried yarrow and or dried catnip only for use as an insect spray? Thank you. One of the things that is easiest to lose when we dry a plant are the volatiles. The word says it all, doesn't it? A volatile is something that volatizes into the air very quickly and very readily. Catnip, when it is air-dried, can lose 30 to 40% of the volatiles. That is the stuff that makes it smell like catnip and the stuff that makes the insects stay away. When catnip is heat-dried, it can lose up to 80% of its volatiles, which is one of the reasons why if you've ever bought catnip in a store for your cat, your cat has been ho-hum about it because most commercial catnip toys are made with catnip that's been heat-dried and there just isn't enough scent left and the scent is what the cats really like about the catnip and what the insects really don't like about both the catnip and the yarrow. I don't have uh, figures for how much of the yarrow you would lose on air drying or heat drying, but it would be at least somewhat the same, and that is that depending on how the yarrow was dried, um, and I take it you're not going to dry it, that you would buy it dried, so you really don't know if it was air-dried or heat-dried, um, that those volatiles are pretty easily lost. I know that in my experience in using uh, yarrow tincture and to a more, much more limited extent catnip tincture has been with using the fresh plant. So I can't really tell you what would happen if you used the dried plant. One of the wonderful things about herbal medicine is that it's stunningly hard to really do it wrong. So what would happen if you made a catnip tincture 
or a yarrow tincture from dried catnip or dried yarrow and then tried it and it actually didn't repel insects. No one would be harmed. You would be out a little time and effort and you would be able to call us back and say, guess what, I tried it. It didn't work. And then we wouldn't try it because you would give us that benefit of having done it for us. And then if it did work, you could call up and say, hey, hey, this is great. It really works fine. So that's my answer to your question. All right. And um, we have another caller who has queued up with a question. And that caller is calling from the 203 area code. From the 203, you are live with Susan. Hi, good evening. Good evening. Um, I spent about an hour in a store today getting new dog food and asking tons of questions. My 12-year-old dog um, collapsed on me a number of months ago and has been on and off prednisone. He's now on half a pill twice a week. And I was speaking to the woman about getting him off and being afraid of taking him off completely. And she talked about CBD oil um, for inflammation and thought that would be a good um, substitute. But she mentioned that I said, oh, I have a friend that makes the oil and actually makes the dark oil, which has got THC in it. And she said that's poisonous to dogs. And I said, well, then what about all the oils that have only a very minute THC in it? And she said it's poison to dogs. Um, What's your opinion? And uh, do you think that would be a good uh, replacement for the prednisone to keep him comfortable? Um, He collapsed from disc problems, and he's doing quite well right now, but he's 12. And... um, well, first of all, I think that we don't want an opinion. We want some facts. I'm sorry? This is not a, this is not a good place for an opinion. I, I love opinions. Opinions are great. They're fun. But this is not a place for an opinion. We're looking to find out, will THC kill your dog? That's really far out of the realm of opinion here. Um, okay. And I don't have a dog. And I have no experience with dogs, um, so I can't really tell you, but you should be able to find out okay. if, if THC is really lethal to dogs, then I am sure you will be able, able to find that out with a click or two and the help of the Internet, right? That's right. Um, I did see on your page, though, a mention, I thought there was... Um a veterinarian on the show and talk. She is going to be be on, yes, at 9 o'clock. Oh, okay. So that's certainly certainly a question I'm happy to ask in your stead of her is THC to dogs and uh, is CBD helpful for dogs and do you have to be absolutely certain that there's no THC in the CBD or your dog is dead? I think those are questions that a lot of people right now are going, yeah, 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 we want to know. That would be wonderful. And also, if she has a healthy substitute for prednisone. All right. Sounds Thank good. You, Susan. 
Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Green blessings. Green blessings. All right. We have about six minutes before Dr. Doman is scheduled to join us. I do not see her on the line yet. Um, Susan, could I share? Um, I do I have some experience with CBD and THC and dogs. Oh, thank you. Please do. That'd be great. Okay. So I have not heard nor have I had the experience that THC is deadly to dogs. It is, however, um, mind-altering to dogs, so the effect of administering the two are very different. I've had occasion where um, my dogs have gotten into um, medicines I've prepared that have THC in them, and it absolutely impairs them, and it can impair them to the point where they can even lose... They can't something. drive machinery. They certainly couldn't drive. In the case of my boxer, she actually could not um, control her bladder. She was just on free flow. Um, and then they mentally are off, and they may stagger around. Um, however, CBD, I have had wonderful effects using that with my dogs. Um, each dog is different, and the type of CBD has been different. Um, I have one dog that the CBD doesn't really agree with her, and um, within 24 hours after having CBD, she will provoke a fight with another dog. I don't, I don't know why, um, but with my other dogs, the CBD has generally, I'd say, so that's three out of four, um, been very effective. And with my older dog that had quite a bit of inflammation and arthritis in his spine, uh, it was very helpful and probably allowed him 18 months more of life. He recently passed away at 16, and he was about 100 pounds. So CBD administered transdermally in the ear was actually... Um, the best method for what I have experienced with our dogs. That is so helpful. All dogs are different. Use the CBD in the dog's ear. THC does not kill dogs, but it really messes with their minds and can mess with their bladders, too. Is is this a fair summary of what you just told us? That is my experience, yes. Yeah. Thank you. That is so clear and so helpful. Wonderful. I hope that helps. And we do have Dr. Doman on the line now, so her expertise, I'm sure, may also be a wonderful help to the listeners on that subject. Would you like her to come on the line and get her How, how exciting for her to get to come in on the conversation. And, yes, I would love to uh, introduce our guest, Dr. Lori Doman. Growing up, Dr. Doman always wanted to be a veterinarian. All her schooling was in pharmaceutical medicine, but she started to feel that there was something more. She began to use organic food and alternative medicine modalities for herself and her family. And her family thrived on this holistic lifestyle. 
And she realized, all right, if these things are better for my family, they're going to be better for my patients as a veterinarian also. Dr. Doman graduated from University of Pennsylvania School of Veterinary Medicine in 1997. She studied with Dr. Steve Marsden, Dr. Shui Sheng Chi, Rosemary Gladstar, and she received her Master's of Therapeutic Herbalism from Maryland University of Integrative Health in 2014 and is a registered herbalist with the American Herbalist Guild as of last year. In 2017, Dr. Doman and Dr. Chris August together started the only hands-on veterinary herbal medicine course for Western veterinary practices in the USA. Dr. Doman the past president of the Veterinary Botanical Medical Association and is a member of the International Veterinary Acupuncture Society, the American Academy of Veterinary and Acupuncture, American Holistic VMA, and AVMA. Dr. Doman owns Lowood Educational Center in the Outer Banks of North Carolina, which she uses as the home of Purple Moon Herbs and studies and where she trains students. Wow, what a lot of exciting things you do, Dr. Doman. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Were you, um, did you get to hear any of the last part of the show? Someone called in with a, a very specific question that she was hoping we would bring up with you about um, CBD and THC in dogs, and someone told her that THC would kill her dog. That can happen, yes. It actually can happen. It um, doesn't happen very often, but THC can cause something called malignant hyperthermia, which is where they just overheat to death. It also can happen from hops. It's the same chemical structure. It's, it is the same chemical structure, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Two plants in the same family. Yeah. So, and one of the things that Sarah Ellen was saying, which I think was very clear, and I expect that you will affirm this, is that she keeps quite a few dogs, and they are very different in their reactions to cannabis and to CBD and THC. Absolutely, absolutely. And also... Um, I studied cannabis with Tammy Sweet, and uh, she explained how different every plant is. So not only is every patient different, but every you know every plant origin of your CBD or your THC is different. So there's so many variables. You really need a very qualified practitioner to advise you on that. I would definitely recommend an, a veterinarian who is trained in herbal medicine and in cannabis particularly before treating your animal because there can definitely be issues like malignant hyperthermia. So. Right. Sarah yeah. Ellen um, said that she had gotten her best results with using um, ointments in the dog's ear. That's a common transdermal in the ear is a common way of medicating animals, whether it's with pharmaceutical or less commonly with herbs, but it does occur. And you do it in the ear because there's no fur there, so it's a straight skin, transdermal, you know, across the skin place to treat topically to get things to pass through. I would think that that would, 
I would think that that would be fairly safe and that it would be unlikely to trigger any reaction to the THC in that way that the, I would, my, you know, educated guess would be that the kinds of very rare, uh, you know, reaction to THC that you're discussing would be from the dog actually consuming it. Well, they make these transdermal products to be like ingestion. They're the actual vehicle that does the transdermal is to mimic ingestion. So it would depend on whether you're just putting in an oil, you know, like an herbalist like you or I would make, or whether you're actually using a more pharmaceutical-like product that has a vehicle of transmission that is made to make it like ingestion. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense, and it was kind of the question in the back of my mind, this bad effect from THC. I'm wondering if that ever occurred with actual full-spectrum cannabis or only with an isolated and more pharmaceutical product, because that's usually what I see, is so long as we're using full-spectrum and the actual herb, the possibility of danger is far less than getting in your car and driving down the road. <laughs> Absolutely. I can say, though, with but hops, as soon as I can't we start speak to get to cannabis. Right, and especially cannabis, right? Yes. So, I can't, I can't um, say if it happens call, And the caller, uh, caller also wanted to know if there was some way to get her dog off um, steroids. That would be something she'd have to work out with her veterinarian. That's not a simple question. I don't know why her dog's on steroids or what dose or what its issue is. Exactly. It's not you know, a you simple can't. question. That's, and, uh, yeah, that's not the It's an older dog. Say. It's in pain, and she wanted to use CBD instead, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will. You definitely never want a cold turkey off steroids. That can yeah, cause your animal to crash. That can really, but, uh, really up, right? Yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, she, she should heard. be working with, an herbal veterinarian, um, it sounds like. Where would you find an herbal veterinarian? So there is an organization called the Veterinary Botanical Medical Association. It's the VBMA.org, and you just type in your zip code, and it brings up all the herbal veterinarians in your area. Oh, how wonderful that there's more (laughs) than a handful, because we remember when there were only a handful. (laughs) Well, I'm trying to work on that problem. That's why I have my uh, apprenticeship that Thank you alluded you. to in the introduction. So, and I have to say, Susan, one of my students in my very first class was one of your previous interns. So, <laughs> probably an apprentice because I've had very okay. few interns. Okay, apprentice. I apologize. If you had to really, really do a lot to become my intern, let me tell you. Then she was an apprentice. I've had over 300 apprentices and maybe six interns. <laughs> she was an apprentice, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's a very exalted position. So how exciting. And I have yeah. gained so much uh, from the veterinary students that I have had here as well. So... Um, Now that we have jumped in to try to solve this woman's problems with her dog, (laughs) let's talk a little more generally. Um, Your, you know, your path um, is such an interesting path because 
you have what um, Gene Houston's husband, Bob Masters, called IntelliKey, which is children who are born knowing what they're to do with their lives. <laughs> they're not, they don't question, right? People say, the more you want to be when you grow up, and they say, da-da-da, and they know, and they, they do it, and they are. Yes. And, and yet, even in following that, you came to a point where you said, wait, tell us about that part. So, um, you again alluded to it in the introduction. I had children, and we started raising them more organically across the board. We made decisions about what vaccines we would and wouldn't give when they were babies, and we used cloth diapers and made homemade dog food, uh, dog food, <laughs> homemade baby food, and et cetera. And I had always said my practice was an extension of my family, and I looked at my husband and I said, if this is true, then I need to extend this organic, holistic lifestyle we're living. And when I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old, I went back to school and retrained and I had read in a magazine about Rosemary Gladstar, and in it, it mentioned that a veterinarian had taken her apprenticeship, and so I was like, okay, let's do it, and went up, and I did all this other training that you mentioned, but I'm glad I did it first because the herbs were clearly my heart, and I'm not sure I would be as well-rounded as I am had I done the apprenticeship first, because I'm not sure I would have gone in on with anything but the herbs. And they just resonated for me. So I really ran with that. And that's how it all kind of began. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so even though there was this knowing that you were able to follow from your earliest childhood, it, there was also like a surprise hidden in there. Yes, yes, I would something that you that hadn't. Answer. Yeah, that hadn't hadn't been so obvious to you. What a delight! Yes, yep, I really love it. Yeah, oh. I was talking earlier in the show about the fact that my experience with um, dogs and especially cats is that it is not wise to give them tinctures. They do not respond very well to alcohol at all, but that I had found that I could give tinctures to almost any animal, even cats, in milk or yogurt. Okay. Well, that's that's a good tip for me, too. But um, I do, yeah, I do. Dogs do better. I have had patients that do, cat patients that do great with tinctures. I definitely think it's animal by animal. Um, always recommend putting them in food partly, you know, to protect the stomach from the alcohol and sometimes the herbs, but uh, also, um, you know, it masks the taste somewhat. So, yeah, we try different things. I will say with larger animals, I remember you came and spoke for the American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association once, and uh, you talked about goats. And with my large animals, I do a lot of teas, and especially my horses love the teas on their food. You know, they love more of a mash. So that's a really successful goats. thing for me. The goats <laughs> would be alcoholics if you let them. They love the tinctures. <laughs> goats are great, aren't they? They see those tincture bottles coming and they roll their eyes and open their mouths and go, <laughs> here. 
just mm-hmm. increase the body weight because it goes, even though they're down there, they're heavy. They're big. And I say, look yes. at them when they're standing up. Now compare that body to your body. That's a big animal there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So I'm going to use five or six dropperfuls of echinacea at a time when I'm working <laughs> with the cat. There you go. Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Bump, bump up that, that amount. Tell yeah. us uh, – Something that really stands out in your memory as a uh, exciting, fun, or, you know, you didn't think you were going to be able to figure it out, and then suddenly you got this inspiration or some um, anecdote that you like to share about working with animals. Okay, so I have one that is I'm dealing with right now, and uh, my own horse, I was out of town, and... Um, my best pet sitter was unavailable, so I had someone who doesn't have as much experience with horses. And I came back, and my horse has a significant wound on right at the line between her hoof and her foot, you know, on the skin. And it had obviously been there a while, the way it was not healing well. And I was treating it topically, and due to that location, I couldn't bandage it. You know, I couldn't really poultice it because she wouldn't stand still, you know, long enough for me to keep a poultice on or anything like that. And so the topical was not working, and after a week of cleaning and treating it, it didn't really get better. And I just made her a tea, and within like six days, it healed completely. And you're going to ask me what's in the tea, and of course, I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> but um, it definitely <laughs> had cola and calendula okay. and some comfrey leaf, which I am very comfortable using. I know the whole comfrey debate, but I'm comfortable using comfrey. I love ways. comfrey. I am definitely <laughs> one of the champions. Short term like that? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Long term. I drink <laughs> a quart of comfrey leaf infusion using a full ounce of dried herbs, steeping it for four hours every five days. So that's about 72 quarts a year, and I've been doing that for over 30 years. Good for you. Yeah, I... I I would not call that short-term. No, I would not either. And, yeah, I have no issues with it. But as a prescriber, legally, you know, I tend to use it And the people that I know that have done that, that have had, you know, liver function tests, their liver function is superb. Yeah. Nobody's ever been heard from I, any, when I first learned about it and I asked, you know, like Rosemary and Steve Marzin, who you mentioned, who's a wonderful veterinary herbalist and people like that, everyone I know uses it internally. And so, you know, that was definitely in my formula for my horse. But really, in six days, it was completely healed once I put her on a tea. And, I, you know, and of course, I'm going, why didn't I do this sooner? <laughs> you know, because it's your own animal and you're not really thinking. Right. And because we tend to think, oh, it's an external wound we should treat externally. Right. So, but note to self: remember when you can't treat externally well. Using telepathy internally to heal really difficult to heal wounds. Yeah. And it's almost a leap for most of us to like say, "What calendula internally?" Yeah. I like calendula internally. I actually use it a lot in horses because they'll stock up in their legs and just get a lot of edema. And calendula is one of my favorite, you know, lymphatics that's gentle and kind and good to you. So it I does use it a lot so much. It does so beautifully. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, would you say that calendula is gentler or a little tougher than cleavers as a lymphatic? 
I think it's gentler, but, uh, you know, cleavers always works best fresh, and I don't have any that grows on my farm, unfortunately, so I probably don't use it as much because, you know, I don't trust a dried store-bought product the way I would trust fresh cleavers. And especially not with cleavers. Yeah, exactly. I I think the fresh plant, especially in abundant years. Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't grow on my farm, so it's not one of my allies. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Do you think that the idea of using herbs with animals has come to a threshold place where it's going to be considered more mainstream? I don't think we're there yet, but I think we're going that direction. Um, you know, not only are my classes filling and people very interested, you know, veterinarians very interested, but I talk at the more pharmaceutical standard conferences a lot to get my name out there and let people know that this is available and introduce them to it. And people will come by and be like, well, I guess I should learn something about this because my clients ask me about it all the time. You know, the kind of, well, I'm not really interested, but, you know, I'm about to have issues because my clients are using it anyway. So I think the client base, you know, pet owners like the woman who called um, are pushing it, which is, you know, going to drive veterinarians to pay attention. So that's not a bad thing. It's not. And the herbalism always has that that kind of edge because – the, the very things that we've been saying, it's like, well, cleavers, that needs to be fresh, and then this, you can use this way. There's a lot of sophistication even to using herbs very simply, whereas you don't need to be very sophisticated at all to use drugs. And perhaps in between there is something like acupuncture. And I noticed that you're also an acupuncturist. Yes. Yeah but I would say I'm much more proficient at herbs. I took the, you know, acupuncture course, and like I said, and then I went straight into herbs. And, well, again, I'm really glad I did that, and I can treat with acupuncture. Um, I, the whole Chinese medicine philosophy did not resonate for me the way the herbs did, so I would not consider myself an expert at that, just somebody who's aware enough to <laughs> understand and use it. On a rudimentary <laughs> well, level. That's pretty, that's pretty good, though, that you're aware yeah. enough, because yeah. I find that people who who might be a little squeamish about herbs are feeling pretty comfortable with acupuncture, strange as that seems. It's not strange. You know, we call it a gateway to holistic medicine. You know, it's like a gateway drug, but it's a gateway to holistic medicine. It's a good gateway. Um because yes, there's something so. about the needles that makes it seem like Western, right? Something about that, yeah. I guess so. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand it because, to me, herbs are closer because drugs are derived from herbs. You know, they're generally one phytochemical derived from a plant as opposed to the way you and I do it with the whole plant. So it seems that's more... And it's the same closer. physiology. I mean, we don't have to worry about the triple burner. Right, exactly. But I will say one of the things I like about having taken the acupuncture course is when I read Chinese herbs, because as you, I don't need to tell you, but we all use herbs 
in a more Western medical way, but we, you know, those of us that are not practicing Chinese medicine or whatever, but we use herbs from all over the world. So when I read about, for example, Romania, I understand enough Chinese medicine to understand, you know, when they say it treats like kidney jing deficiency or something, you know, I can make sense of that. And that's part of why I'm glad I took the um, acupuncture course and learned some Chinese medicine. And for those of you who are going, what is she talking about? <laughs> Ted Kapchuk's book, The Web That Has No Weaver, which was published the same year as my green book, <laughs> Healing Wise, is a classic in explaining five element theory. It's really something that I think is, anybody who wants a well-rounded education in healing needs to at least know how a great number of people on this planet think about the body and the body systems, and it's really different. Yes, and that book was actually required reading before my acupuncture course started. We had to have read that before we walked in on day one. <laughs> great book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really, really fantastic book. Yeah. Right. And uh, helps us to remember when they say kidneys, they don't mean kidneys. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> Just translated that way. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. So um, I don't want us to get too far into the conversation before I give you an opportunity to let people know they can get in touch with you, and what kinds of things they can connect with when they get in touch with you. Um, so my email is Dr. Lori, D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E, at purplemoonherbstudies.com, and that's my website, www.purplemoonherbstudies.com. And there's a lot of information on there. People are welcome to email me, but I cannot consult on cases legally. There is something called a veterinary patient-client relationship, and if I have not, you know, met you and seen your animal and, you know, have a real relationship, I cannot treat legally, and I'm only licensed, you know, in my local state, so anything out of state I'm not licensed to work in, so, you know, I wouldn't be able to do that, but I can answer general questions and, again, steer people in directions if they're looking for other holistic practitioners or people in their area and things like that. But if they're looking for herbal, veterinary herbalists, again, the vbma.org is the best place to find someone. So, But I'm always happy to chat with people. It's great to hear from people and build yes, community. Yes. yes, especially people who are interested in the same thing. Absolutely, absolutely. So what is new and interesting in your life right now? <laughs> um, in my personal life, my eldest son, who when I took Rosemary's apprenticeship was three, is uh, looking at colleges. So <laughs> 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 <Can't> really, yeah. <laughs> How do they manage to get old without our getting old? That's that's the real question, isn't it? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> All I know is I've gotten a lot shorter. That's what's happened. I've gotten a lot shorter. <laughs> As my youngest son will tell you any time. <laughs> you know? 
from his towering height. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, my granddaughter at 13 is now eye to eye with me, so we know she still has a ways to go. I certainly didn't top out until 15. Yeah. 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 They do that. They sneak up on you. <laughs> they do. Have you seen a lot more people getting companion animals as a result of lockdowns? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And one of the things that I'd like to say to your audience and really to every audience is um, all these animals, and I know it, but we have a dog that's about to turn two, you know, and I know it with her, are so used to us all being home that there are going to be separation anxiety issues as people go back into the workforce and are not home as much. And, uh, you know, people should definitely either read about separation anxiety and ways to handle it or talk to their veterinarians about it um, or behaviorists, you know, um, dog trainers, things like that. But, you know, you definitely want to reacclimatize your animals to not being as accessible when you're heading back to work and things like that because it can cause a lot of stress for them if you just go from always being there to never being there. <laughs> and, uh, and herbs can help with that, you know, the same herbs that, uh, you know, assuming your animal's healthy in general, the same herbs that we would use to take the edge off, you know, stressors are good for animals. Lavender, lemon balm, motherwort, passiflora, oat straw, all the lovely yep. nervines yes. and anti-anxiety herbs. Yes, exactly. I like linden a lot, too. That's one of my my favorites oh. for really. It's a little milder, but I, it's one that I... I gravitate One towards. of my absolute favorites. I think that I actually think that Linden is probably the world's best anti-inflammatory. I think it has turmeric beat by a thousand miles. Really, that is so interesting. Yeah, yeah. And partly because I don't know about animals, but people won't take turmeric in an effective form. In order for turmeric to really be effective, it has to be cooked in ghee and then boiled in water. Right, Which the Ayurvedic way. Yeah, right? Yes. And people aren't going to do that. Right. True. And, but, but, but just about any way you make the linden, it's going to be effective. That is so interesting. I have never, I don't think I've ever heard of it being used as an anti inflammatory before. So thank you for teaching I've me something seen it new tonight. Down, <laughs> I've seen it have C reactive protein in six weeks. That's amazing. Because it's I'm taking little notes polyphenol. on this. I want you to know. It's really, it's really cardiac active. It doesn't just. It's not just a mood improver and anxiety reliever, but it actually, shall we say, gets to the heart of the matter. <laughs> and what shape are its leaves? You got it. Heart shape. Yep. Yeah, we talk a lot about doctrine of signatures in my apprenticeship. So they're definitely, definitely something I enjoy looking at and talking about. So I'm so glad that we share a love of Lyndon and share a love of Comfrey. Uh, <laughs> yes, such, we do. <laughs> such lovely green blessings uh, that are so easy to find and to share. 
and uh, the the linden is always one of our favorite infusions to serve because I've never met anybody who doesn't like the taste of linden. It's just so flowery and delicious. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yep, a nice linden and oat combination is just a lovely tea to have during a stressful day. Yes, and for your horses too, right? Yes, I just I'm, I oats are another one. I think they're good for everything. You know, they're good for every part of the nervous system, whether it's nerves like mental emotional or nerves like the actual nerves in your body. You know, nervous system. I think they're great. So yes, and horses already eat them, but I always go to put and them in a horse tea, and I'm them. like, wait, they're already eating them. Like I can take this out of my formula. They're already getting it, unless I have a reason that I think they need to be doubled or tripled on it. Right. So. Yes, where I studied in Switzerland, they would do meadow baths, and they would just go out to the meadow and cut down a hunk of the meadow and throw it in a hot bathtub and there would be oat straw and red clover and dock and sometimes some chickweed just interesting meadow herbs bathe them in meadow herbs especially for people who were really traumatized by some event of their life that's beautiful somebody died he was injured. Something totally unexpected happened. Boom, put him in the bathtub with meadow herbs. <laughs> I want to do that. The thing, the thing that took me the longest to get to the bottom of was this big, big apothecary jar. This <laughs> herbalist would use it. I didn't understand really enough German to really get what was going on. And she would have people take like a big soup spoon, like a German, you know, sized soup spoon of this stuff. And finally one day, you know, just curiosity, and I was alone in the room, and I went to it, and I took a little, and I put it in my thing. It was yeast. It was Saccharomyces. Oh, wow. Interesting. And she was just having people take a big tablespoon of yeast meat if they had any digestive problems. Hmm. Kind of like a probiotic would be used yeah, she just recolonized them. Here, get some Saccharomyces yeah. in there. That's the one. Like, how much of our gene is the same as Saccharomyces? Like, more than chimpanzees, right? Right. <laughs> like, we're more like yeast than we are like <laughs> primates. So she well, was definitely on this. Yeah, yeah. There are people who are definitely wise before their time. I am having such a delightful time talking with you. And we are coming to the end of our time. It's so hard to believe. Is there one last story that you want to tell before I ask you our last question? Um, so I have a human story for you. My son, when he was little, was sick. And whatever happened, you know, because his body was so young, his temperature wouldn't reset once he was better. And he walked into my apothecary, and he looked on the shelf, and he pulled off OSHA, and he said, Mommy, I need this. And it wasn't an herb that I particularly use or know a lot about. And I researched it, and it was exactly what he needed. And I gave him about two, you know, baby doses, and his temperature reset, and he went on with his life. And it's always one of those stories that even when I tell you now, gives me chills. I mean, he couldn't read. He was like two or three years old and he just knew what he needed to get better 
Oh, that is so wonderful. The other uh, fever resetter for deep in the brain is elderflower. Mm-hmm. I think Especially he was already on had, elder, and it hadn't. It had. Especially if somebody's had a concussion. Interesting. But he knew. He went and got the OSHA. Yeah. Wow, that is yeah. brilliant. Mommy, I need to. do. Mommy, I need. What would you like to leave in the hearts and the minds of everyone who's listening to you tonight? Just that herbs, I mean, they are our allies. They are our friends. It is so much nicer to use the whole plant than the pharmaceutical extraction of the plant. But that we do have to remember that they are still medicine and to not try to treat without, you know, a good knowledge of what we're doing. You know, to have respect, to have reverence and respect. For the plants. Yeah. The only place that I really prefer drugs is when I'm dealing with parasites and people say, oh, well, what kind of herb can I use to get rid of the parasites? And I say, you know what? This is where drugs really do it because the drug can be specific to that parasite and kill it, whereas the herb is broad. Mm-hmm. That's funny. In my final for Rosemary's Apprenticeship, there's 50 questions, and one of them is, how would you treat mange? And I answered it honestly. I said, you know, I would treat it with ivermectin because it's one and done <laughs> that's the end of the mange and i got a lovely exactly. note you know i got a lovely exactly. note that was uh you know you could consider this that or the other well yeah i did <laughs> and i'm gonna use you ivermectin. could consider it and you say no and the drugs are better for this right? herbs do, are not great at killing things right is what i say you want to kill something a drug will do it better <laughs> yes, herbs are and better at changing our physiology. Exactly, and on that, yeah. uh, purple moon herb studies, Dr. Dobit and Susan Weed. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you all for helping us to reweave the healing cloak of the ancients. We're all in this together. And let's all restore herbal medicine as the medicine of the people and the animals. Green blessings, everybody. Good night.